Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Very, very uplifting text. Uh, last Bible study, we finished out chapter 1 of Ephesians. We looked at a few things. We looked at the immeasurable glory of the Lord, as well as the power that he shows to believers in Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection. We also looked at Christ's position after his exaltation. Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, is far above all rule, authority, dominion, and his name is one that is above all names. All things are put under his feet. We also saw Christ's connection to the church. Christ is the head of the church, and all believers make up the body that goes out to the world, performs the instructions of the head, instructions that we have been given through the word. Lastly, we saw how Christ's glory is in the fullness of the church, and additionally, his glory will encompass the whole world. Uh, Paul, in chapter 2, transitions away from post-resurrection Christ, as well as post-salvation Christians, and shifts to talking in regards to our salvation, and starts out with our state before salvation. All that being said, let's get into the verses. Ephesians 2.1 through 2a, so the first bit of the second verse. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world. What is the state of the Christian before salvation? What is the state of those who currently walk in the newness of life and delight in the grace of the Lord? What's their state before that happens? The state of the Christian before salvation is that of death. The heart before salvation is not one that is active and moving, but rather a dead heart. Now, I'm talking in reference to physical death, um, although physical, or no, sorry, I'm not talking in reference to physical death. Although physical death is brought about by sin, was in view with these verses, is spiritual death. Walking and talking humans with dead hearts. People that show signs of life, but in reality, their heart is dead and decomposing. Their heart has no hope. While we might have medicine to aid with our physical sickness, we don't have medicine to bring the dead back to life. We don't have treatment to breathe a life into rotting corpses. Even furthermore, we don't have medicine for a dead heart. There's nothing that we can do to change the state of our dead hearts. 
There's no sort of medicine that can assist with that. There's no spiritual medicine that we can apply. No amount of pagan practices or attempts at good deeds will be able to change our dead hearts. This reality encompasses the whole world. This reality affects the whole of humanity. If we do not have Christ, if we do not have salvation in him, then we only have death. There is no hope for us to bring our hearts back to life. There's no good deed, no action, no work, nor anything done by ourselves that may even heal our heart. Even heal it slightly. There's no action that can do that, let alone bring it back to life and to thrive, to produce fruit. What has happened to get us to this point? Why are we dead? What has killed us? It is our own actions that have killed us. We are dead in our own sins and trespasses. We have no one to point fingers to and blame. We have no excuses for our position. There is no mental gymnastics that we can do in order to shift blame away from our own actions. This is a reality for the whole of humanity. Everyone follows the course of this world. There's only one exception. There's only one man who has not followed the course of this world. That man is Christ. We talked about Christ at the end of chapter 1. We talked about his glory and supremacy over all things. Talked about his exaltation. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, we will get into a happy note next week when talking about God's great mercy that he's shown to us through Christ. But for now, let's dwell on the morbid talk of our own death. Let's hold our situation in contrast to the end of chapter 1, talking about the glory of Christ. Allow yourself to be humbled. Look at the glory of the perfect God-man who is seated at the right hand of the Father, and look at your own position. While Christ is seated in heavenly places, you are six feet under. While Christ is glorified, you've died. Our need for a Savior ought to be made abundantly clear. Without Christ, we have death. We have no hope. It is by our own trespasses that we have been made hopeless. It is by our sins that we have died. We were once dead, but now we have life in Christ. You have once died to your master of sin, and now you have life in your new master. Apart from Christ, we follow the course of the world, the course that has reigned from Adam, the course of sin and death. The course of this world falls short of the standard of life. What is the standard of life? The standard of life is perfection. The course of this world is filled with everyone who has fallen short of this perfect standard. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The course of this world is spiritual deadness. The spiritual deadness is not that of ignorance or not knowing the Lord. The course of this world and following in sin, transgression, is done in rebellion. Of the Lord. Romans 1 18 through 25. 
For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, and birds, and animals, and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in, their, in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Look at your own sins and transgressions. Look at your death. Look at your unrighteousness. Look at your obedience. Or disobedience. Look at your rebellion. Look at your idolatry. And then look towards the glory of Christ. Look at his perfection. We have life in Christ. Flee towards your Savior, for you have died to your sins and trespasses and have followed the course of this world, which only leads to death. You've traded in the truth for a lie. That is, Everyone's state before salvation. Everyone's state is death. Let the understanding of your death in comparison to the glory of God point you to a deeper praise of the Lord. Let it point you to praise and give glory to Him. For without Christ, all we have is death. Without Christ, do not have hope. We have died to our own sins and our own transgressions. Ephesians 2, 2b, is the latter half of verse 2. Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Who leads the course of the world? Who directs us and tempts us to sin following the course of the world? It is the prince of the power of the air. One earth is the prince of the power of the air. Prince of the power of the air is Satan. Satan has been given dominion over the earth, the present age, as a prince. 1 John 5.19 We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Satan is not king over this world, for Christ is king. And his status as prince is that of a temporary one. John 12, 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of, the, of this world be cast out. Romans 16, 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Now, prince indicates Satan's kingdom on earth as well as his status in said kingdom. Uh, but what does power of the air mean? Well, air can refer to an actual spiritual place on the earth, or it can refer to 
demons being high up in the atmosphere. However, I don't think either of those are necessarily the case, especially the atmosphere one, or else we ought to be playing real hard on planes. Um, I think rather the usage of the air is more synonymous with a general usage of the world. We live in the air. We breathe it in. It surrounds us. Air encompasses the kingdom of the earth. The course of this world is directed, tempted by the prince of the power of the air, also known as Satan. While our sins and transgressions are our own, we also are tempted by Satan to fall into sin. We are tempted to rebel against the Lord. We are tempted to idolatry, maliciousness, envy, and all sins by Satan. The course of this world is one that follows sins, delights in the kingdom of Satan. Satan is actively at work. He is the spirit that is at work in the sons of disobedience. Who are the sons of disobedience? The sons of disobedience are those who have not trusted in Christ. Those who are in rebellion to God. Acts 26.18 To open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. 2 Corinthians 4.4 In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Satan is actively at work in those who do not believe in Christ. He is darkening their hearts even further and tempting them to sin. It is by the light of the gospel and a renewal of their heart in Christ that their hearts might be illuminated. It is only in Christ that their dead hearts come to life, be pointed to him, and follow his word. Unless that happens, those unbelievers will continue to delight in their sin, continue to serve in the kingdom of Satan. They will continue to feed the passions of their own flesh. Ephesians 2, verse 3. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. We were once sons of disobedience. It is only by the grace of God that we are made new. We used to follow the course of the world, Satan working within us for rebellion against the Lord. We are tempted to sin. And we did sin. We have died to our sins and trespasses following the course of this world, being tempted and directed by Satan sons of disobedience. Now, there might be some who yell, see, my sin cannot be my own. I was directed and manipulated by Satan, therefore it's not my fault. Well, we can see clearly in these verses that we delighted in our sin, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and mind carried out the passions we delighted in the sin that we did carried out the desires of the body and mind we were not forced to sin we do not sin against our own will in fact our will is to seek sin and desire sin we seek to glorify the passions of our flesh 
seek rebellion over holiness is only by being given a new heart that we desire to seek holiness. We are tempted by Satan in following the course of the world, and we delight in it. There's no excuse that we can point to. Our sin is our own. Not only do we desire sin, we are by nature children of wrath. We are born with a broken nature. We are born into death. Ever since the fall in Genesis, we have all been born into death. Adam's sin is a sin that represents the whole of humanity. Adam acted as a head of all humans, for he was the head of all humans. If you scream that that is unfair, that Adam can re- represent us, then you ought to also take issue with Christ representing you and taking upon your sin. The first Adam brings death, the second Adam brings life. To deny the death we have in Adam is to not realize the life that we have in Christ. We are given death by our sinful representative, yet life by our perfect representative. Our death and our sin is both by choice and by nature. We are born into death and we continue to choose death. We continue to delight in sin. We have no excuse by shouting at Adam for his sin, for we have done the same. We have continued in sin. We have delighted in the course of this world. We have so fervently served our master of sin. We have so eagerly taken up the actions that only bring us death. Let's take a bit of a closer look at the last part of this verse. By nature, children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. This tells us even more of our state before we're made new in Christ. We are children of wrath. Our state before we have salvation in Christ is that of wrath from the Lord. The death of our hearts and our abundance of sin do not simply end at physical death. Our status before the Lord is that of receiving judgment. The wrath of the Lord is set to be poured out on us. The perfect judge who made all of reality is going to be pouring out his wrath upon you. Our rebellion does not go without punishment. Just as in heaven we receive immeasurable joy, on the flip side, hell will be immeasurable pain. It is the wrath of he who, is, who has no end. It is the wrath of he who is all-powerful. It is the wrath of the creator of all things. It is unending wrath that shall continue for all eternity. Hell is not merely the absence of the Lord. It is the Lord pouring out the punishment for your transgressions against an infinitely holy being. The wrath of God is unbearable and unimaginable. Our sins and transgressions have put us under the sword of God's judgment. This is, this is not just the case for only a few people. This is the case for the whole of mankind. We are by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. All of mankind. We have all sinned and all fallen short of the standard of perfection. 
we've all rebelled against the Lord. We've all delighted in sin. We're all sinners by nature and by choice. The wrath of God is set to be poured out upon all those who sinned. There's no hope. There's no solution that we can come up with to give us relief. There's nothing we can do to safeguard against this. We cannot store up wealth in hopes to bribe the perfect judge. We cannot start doing actions in hope to counteract our sin. There is no other god or king that can offer us protection. There is no warrior, no knight, no military, no nation that can protect us from the wrath of God. The weeping and gnashing of teeth in the never-ending fire is coming. And there is no action we can take to save ourselves from it. The judge is standing at the door, ready at, at any time to bring all of time to an end and bring judgment over all things, the whole of mankind. All living and dead brought together will not be able to stand against the Lord. For this perfect judge is also our creator. There's no hope to wipe away our sins. There's no hope to meet the standard. All we have is death and judgment. Now, I said at the beginning of the Bible study that the upturn comes next Bible study. Uh, however, I don't think I can end this without giving a little bit of an upturn after just talking about death and judgment and how sinful we are the whole time. Um, the only redemption we have is in Christ. The only hope we have to bring our hearts to life is in Christ and his resurrection. The only way we may walk in the newness of life is by Christ taking on the wrath that was meant for us on the cross. The wrath that we would have taken on for all of eternity is taken on by Christ so that we may delight in him forever in all joy. If you do not trust in Christ, then flee to him for salvation. If you have been made new in Christ, then continue to put your hope and faith in him. Continue to follow his word. Continue to praise him. Continue to bear fruit. Continue to give glory to him on high. Seek refuge in your savior, Savior, who is exalted and seated at the right hand of the Father. Our upturn and our hope rests in Christ. Our hope is put on our Savior who takes upon all the sin, transgression that we have committed. Punishment for it is that of death. He takes it on. He is ruler over death. He has defeated death. He has defeated Satan. He has bruised his heel, but crushed the serpent's head. In conclusion, we have all died. Our hearts are hopelessly dead. We have died in our sins and transgressions. We've died following the course of this world. We've died in delight in the kingdom of Satan. Our sins are our own, and we have indulged in the passions of the flesh. It is by nature and by choice that we are sinners. The whole state of humanity is that of wrath. The Lord pours out judgment and wrath on those who are disobedient and deny him in favor of idols and sin. Our only hope and our hearts coming back to life and the, wrath and the wrath against us being quelled is in Christ 
is death and resurrection. We have death in Adam, but life in Christ. So flee to your Savior. Put your hope and faith in him. Praise the Lord. Give him glory in all things. Praise the Lord that he is perfect. Praise the Lord that he is without sin, fully consistent in his holy nature. Praise the Lord that even in the death of our hearts and wrath being pointed to us, that we have salvation in Christ. Praise the Lord for his glorious might that nobody may hope to stand against. Give glory to God, his salvation of us. Give glory to God in his resurrection of dead hearts. Give glory to God that in the newness of life, we are pointed to him in holiness. Give glory to God in his perfect judgment. Give glory to God in his reigning supreme over all things. Give glory to God and praise him in all things. All right. That is all I got for these verses for tonight. Are there any questions before I close this in prayer? You can either type them in chat, raise your hand. No? No questions? Okay, it's fine. I'll pray for us and then we can be done. Bit of a shorter one I this time, I suppose. Um, no questions, yeah. Okay, let me pray for us. Lord, um, I thank you for this time that we're able to read your word, that we're able to see our state before salvation, that we're able to see just how dead our hearts are, that we can see the goodness of salvation bringing our hearts to life, Lord. I pray that we will not forget our salvation, that we would not forget our state before Christ is out of death. I pray that we would go on putting our hope and faith in you, seeking to glorify you. I pray that we'd be able to go throughout our weeks giving glory to you in all things, that we'd read our words every day, and that we'd be able to praise you in all things, Lord. Pray for all these things in your wonderful and holy name. Amen.